Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. Welcome back to a brand new series of Not Another Mummy podcast. And we're kicking off the new series with a corker of a chat brought to you by Barbie, who are kindly sponsoring this episode. My guest today is Claire Russell, early years specialist and author of the book, The Play Hooray Handbook. Claire is an expert in all things play and can be found sharing easy and low cost ways to play with your kids indoors and outside on social media. On this episode, Claire talks to me about the importance of play, how it's not just something that kids do to pass the time, it's vital to their development. We discussed the research commissioned by Mattel, the makers of the doll brand Barbie and led by Cardiff University. The research was called Exploring the Benefits of Doll Play Through Neuroscience and it's the first scientific study using neuroscience that explores what impact doll play has on children. The study monitored the brain activity of children ages four to eight as they played with a range of Barbie dolls and play sets. And incredibly, it found that doll play activates parts of the brain that allow children to develop empathy and social processing skills. So grab a cuppa and settle down to listen to me and Claire as we delve into the world of play. Claire, a warm welcome to the podcast. How has your week been so far for you? Oh, hi, Alison. Thank you so much for having me on. This is very exciting. Um, yeah, a good week, thank you. Uh, so I have a six and a half year old. That half is very important, obviously. Uh, he's in school last week before half term. So yeah, we're all getting a bit tired of the school run. <laughs> and I also have a one year old who just turned one last week. So as you can imagine, he's on the move, you know, he's into everything that he shouldn't be into. So life is quite busy here. But yeah, we're all good. Thank you. How about you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, my my twins turn three in a couple of days. So, yeah, we're just in the throes of 
buying, you know, uh, breathy cake and candles and balloons <laughs> and all the rest of it. So, yeah, it's been quite hectic for me, but I'm really looking forward to chatting Aww. to you, Claire. Um, oh, thank you. You know, you're, you're an early year specialist, aren't you? And you, pro- you provide a wealth of play ideas and advice on your website, on social media and your book, your brilliant book, which has just been an absolute Bible for me when I'm thinking Aww. of play ideas for my little ones. Um, but tell us, what makes you an early years specialist? What's your background? Ah, uh, yes. So I went to Nottingham Trent University and trained as a primary school teacher and partway through my degree, decided to specialise in the early years. So that's more about child development and how children learn. And I just thought it was absolutely fascinating. And um, yeah, so during my degree, we spent time in different childcare settings and just absolutely fell in love with it. I loved what I did. And when I finished university, I taught in several schools in different years, nurseries, um, up to about seven year olds. After seven, they get quite big for me. So I like to stick with the younger <laughs> ones, just so that I can put all that, uh, all the theory into practice, all learning through play and things like that. I just absolutely, I'm quite a creative person anyway. So I love all that. And then I actually left teaching when I had Mason six and a half years ago. And it was being at home with him that almost sparked or re-sparked my love for everything I'd done at university. But it was on a different level when it was my own child. And just, I'd always appreciated learning through play, but to see it from birth happening with my own son was just fascinating and fell in love with it and began sharing what I was doing online. And it sort of snowballed from there. So now I, I help families entertain babies, toddlers, little ones at home, using household items, uh, keeping it easy, but helping tired parents through to nap time Mm. because it's not easy. (laughs) And it's so, it is so needed, honestly. I mean, you know this yourself, you know, this is obviously why you created the whole uh, platform that you have. But, you know, I just feel like there are so many days where I'm just out of ideas and I feel brain dead and... You know, I'm looking around and thinking, oh, goodness, you know, what? I, I feel like we have so many toys lying around yet because <laughs> yeah. I haven't got the imagination or the ideas to do something with with them. They just kind of sit around and, you know, get get ignored. They almost look like yeah. bits of furniture that, that no one can <laughs> yeah. see anymore. So Expensive it is so furniture. Yeah. Expensive <laughs> furniture, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, but tell me about the moment that um, back when you were um, working in childcare settings. Tell me about the moment that you realized that working with early years kids was your calling oh yes yeah so um i was working in a school in nottingham i was working with four and five year olds when their their imagination is just at the peak it's just brilliant and um i had all the children sat on the carpet and we were just about to start a story and i said to one of the children oh so and so would you go and shut the door there's a draft coming through and um, the, little, the little girl stood up and there's a giraffe coming through the door. And of course, the whole, <laughs> the whole class turned around to look for this giraffe. And it was just that, that moment in a four or five-year-old's mind that it was completely reasonable for a giraffe to be walking through their classroom door. I just thought it was magical. And <laughs> I, I, just, I just loved that. And, you know, 
Christmas and all those seasonal times of year, like at the moment, autumn, they're just such a big deal and you can get so excited about them. So yeah, I just love the magic of while children are, are still so young. So yeah, the draft coming through the door, it's now a running joke um, with, my, with my family of shut the door, there's a draft coming through. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, I love that. Um, and one of the things that you talk about is how you don't need the expensive toys mm-hmm. and you know you can actually entertain small children with very basic household things. Um, and it's not a household thing, but just as an example, my um, I was really thinking about this today because my little ones came back from preschool holding a balloon each. It had obviously been someone's fourth birthday mm-hmm. at their preschool and they came back with two green balloons and it has just been the most exciting thing for them over the last 24 hours. Just <laughs> bouncing this balloon around the room and, you know, me hitting it backwards and forwards, um, you know, hitting their heads with it. And it's just, honestly, this joy that they are that they are finding out from this balloon. And it probably costs like three pence or something. <laughs> it's just, it's it, fascinating. Yeah, it really is the simple things, isn't it? And I think sometimes us parents, we're... Um, we can easily overcomplicate things when actually, I know I've got one of my favourite photos of Leo, who is just turned one. I, get, I was sat in his high chair and, you know, the, you're busy trying to make some lunch and you're warming it up and then you're waiting for it to cool down and you're trying to keep them occupied at the same time. And I handed him a colander. You know, you look for something safe in the kitchen that you can just grab and hand to them. Mm. And here, the reflective surface, the holes in it, his face lit up like it was Christmas and it was just the sweetest thing and it's just like yeah you're one year old Mm. you've not experienced a colander before this is quite a magical object and so it really is the simplest of things it's easy to forget they are like treasures aren't they they're like magpies yeah anything shiny as well um so it's also kind of amazing it's it's, it's kind of interesting that as as grown-ups we've we've lost that kind of part of our brains that imagination that you know we will pick up that colander and to us it is a functional item it is there to drain the vegetables or the pasta or whatever it is you know we don't look at it and think wow it's so shiny Uh and the the noise that it makes if you were to hit a spoon against it whereas that's all kids see isn't it that's it everything you know i talk about play potential it's a term that I (laughs) concocted and use quite regularly because it's all about um household items just offering so many opportunities to a young mind and like you say it's magical but it's getting in the habit of spotting it and I think as parents we're all busy aren't we we've all got lots to do and I don't know about you but even when I'm spending time with my little ones my head's spinning of like right, once we've done this, I've got to do this. You know, you've got that list is constantly going through our brains. But when we get a moment to stop and really watch our children, the whole world is just so fascinating to them. Mm. And I always give the example of a puddle. You know, how often are you walking along and a puddle to us us grown-ups is an inconvenience, but to a young child... It's just the best thing in the world. It really is, you know. All the yeah. Okay, they might get soggy socks, but it's worth it for all the splashing and the, the joy that it can bring. So, yeah, I, but it's, uh, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy because we all run busy lives. But if you can, st- you can stop and spot that play potential in an item, it really is amazing. It's also, I think, allowing ourselves the time and the patience to 
you know to, to offer that that play opportunity you know yeah. quite often I'll be walking with my little ones and they want to stop and play in a puddle and I'm like no 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 we've got to we've got to get going yeah. you know we're, you know we've got to get to that class or to put to preschool or wherever we're going and actually allowing yourself to think Do you know what let's just spend 30 seconds or a minute splashing in the puddle yeah. it's okay it's not the end of the world if we're a little bit late yeah it's it's hard isn't it it's that balance you know um, I always try and be as realistic as possible uh, because yes, I'm still the one marching on the school run. Quick, we're going to be late uh, when <laughs> when they all want to stop in the puddle. But it's those moments of if and when you can, the benefits from it and just the happiness um, mm. of seeing your children enjoying a puddle or running a stick along railings. It's those simple things. Um, and yeah, when you can stop and do that, actually, it's those that make the memories that you look back mm. and remember. Um, and, I, you know, when I think back, that's the kind of stuff that I was doing as a child as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, you know, being realistic as well. It, it's not always easy. We've all got busy lives and on the way to somewhere or some sort of appointment. But if you can and when you can, it's worth just stopping and having a little play. So true. Um, so let's talk mm-hmm. about play. Um, why is yeah. it so important for children? I mean, you say in your book that you you almost think it's more important than learning ABCs and one, two, threes for preschool children. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, play is amazing. It's such a fantastic tool for our children. Our children do it naturally, um, but the benefits of it are just amazing. And what play enables our young children to do is, as we know, they learn from us, the grown-ups around them, whether it's parents or carers in an earlier setting. They watch and they spend loads of time observing us and watching what we do and experiencing the world around them. And then they get to practice that through play. And by practicing that, they get to master skills, loads of different ways, which is all really fantastic for their development and becoming members of this wonderful world and um yeah it's it really is an amazing thing to do they do it naturally and um when you spot a child playing always give them plenty of praise because it means that they've they've been practicing something they've seen or they're trying something new and they're having a go and it's a great way for us to build their confidence and help them to become independent learners which is what we want and I mentioned earlier that, you know, we, we, we've almost like forgotten about the magic of a colander um, and parents yeah. can often feel under pressure to play and it can sometimes feel like we've forgotten how to do it. You know, like getting down on, on the floor and, you know, um, doing some imaginative play doesn't come naturally to, to a lot of parents. No. Um, and often we can be worried about the mess that it can create. You know, I'm always yeah. a little bit worried about getting like modelling clay out or paints. How can we get past yeah. that? Yeah, it's it's not easy, is it? Um, so yes, I think you're absolutely right. And I spend a lot of my time answering messages from parents who uh, they feel like they're their only one. But I'm here to reassure you that you're not, you know, whether you've forgotten how to play or a lot of parents find it really hard to be silly and get on the floor and join mm. in. Um, and that's 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 totally normal. I get many, many messages about this. And what I always reassure parents is, um, one little um, tip that I suggest that they try is remembering what they used to play when they were younger, when they were children. 
for me, it was shoe shops. It was always shoe shops. You know, it would be pulling out all the shoes out the cupboard, lining them up on the sofa, maybe having a little bag or something like that, and just playing shoe shops with a little tin of money. Nothing fancy, no special toys involved, but I could spend hours pretending, sorting shoes, pairing them up and putting them in boxes and things like that. Absolutely love it. And when I do that with my little boy, it just brings back so many nostalgic feelings and um, it really does remind you of being a child again. So I often say that to parents who do find it hard to be silly or to know what to do when they're playing. You know, a lot of parents say, well, I don't really know what to do when we're playing. And I always suggest try something that you used to do, whether it was playing with dolls or making a shoe shot, whether it's kicking a ball around in the garden, whatever it is. Try with that, always start with that because you'll find that you'll be, you'll be taken back to your youth and you'll remember so many other things that you enjoy doing. So those things where you could just lose track of time. Um, it's really easily done and it, that can be quite a handy tip. But regarding the mess, um, I get that. I have a one-year-old. So there are days when, <laughs> when it's the last thing you want to do and that's totally understandable. And there are some brilliant messy play classes around. So I always suggest to parents who perhaps would rather not do the mess to tr still try and maybe at attend a local messy play class. They don't, they don't cost a lot of money, but a great way of children um, engaging in messy play because there's lots and lots of benefits from messy play or sensory play. It's great for their brain development, making lots of strong connections, which then helps as they get older and um, they are starting to learn and process things and thoughts. Um, so that messy play and sensory play can be great. Or my other tip, if you are wanting to have a little go at home, because there are some lovely, very simple ideas. Um, mine's always using an empty shower tray or an empty bath. It's a real novelty for them getting in an empty bath. They love it. But the joy of that is that once they've made their mess and had a good old play, you can shower them down, you can shower the bath down, and it just makes the cleanup process much simpler. That's genius. So yes, I would. <laughs> oh, always, I'm always try an empty bath. I'm going to pass it on to my husband because, as much as I'm a little bit like, oh, about painting and everything, you know, and messy, you know, play, he's even more so. And so I'm going to say to him, oh. right, put the girls in the bath, give them something messy yeah. to play with. Genius. I love it. I love it. Right. Well, I'm going to, so uh, your little ones are two about to turn three. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So if you try, get um, a little bit of yogurt or maybe squirt cream, something like that, and mix a tiny bit of food colouring with it. So it just gives it a little colour and it's edible paint. Mm. So you can put that in the bath and they can have a go at drawing on the side of the bath, which is all really great for their learning how to write and their fine motor skills, you know, practising the muscles in the hands. They can get creative, uh, paint the bath, paint themselves. And then you can, and if they have a little taste, which we know little ones like to do, put everything in their <laughs> mouths, it's safe as well. And then at the end, you can wash them down, wash the bath down, uh, and you'll have all had lots of fun. And I'm sure you'll have taken some lovely photos as well. It's yes. Always, it's always a good one. <laughs> That's so, so <laughs> clever. I love it. Um, How do you think that the pandemic and lockdown affected how kids play? I mean, I've personally found that, you know, okay, yes, my toddlers have watched more TV than I'd normally have liked, but we'll happily spend a day indoors now, like pottering and playing. Whereas before, I'd have felt like it was a wasted day if we hadn't gone out and done something. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, that's really interesting you say that. That's a lot of the feedback that I've had from families that I've worked with and saying, 
it's sort of taken that pressure off us from feeling like we need to be meeting friends at the park, going out for lunch, um, doing this class in the morning and then this class in the afternoon. And used to spend the whole day getting them in and out the car, packing bags, and it could be all, and it could be quite a rush, rush, rush. And we're putting lots of pressure on ourselves. Whereas I think mm-hmm. the, the pandemic sort of taught us as parents that, do you know what? It's okay if we have a day at home. It's okay to find our own ways to entertain ourselves. For the children themselves, I think there's I think there's going to be pros and cons. You know, children have spent a lot more time indoors, um, which is understandable as we know that outdoors is so beneficial for children and for grown-ups. Uh, it's good for them to be out and about. So they have been spending maybe a bit more time indoors and like you say, maybe a bit more time on screen time. And I know lots of parents are now at the point of like, okay, trying to rein in the screen time, maybe feeling yeah. like it's... Um, sort of taking over a little bit um so I've been helping parents with that uh but I think there's also lots of benefits and I actually I'm an ambassador for a charity who did lots of research during the pandemic and they found that um some of the positives were the children were spending a lot more time with the with their parents and so engaging engaging in lots more conversations that actually speech and language was benefiting from it so there were lots of posi- positives too from spending. Excuse me, uh, there were lots of positives too from families spending more time together. So yeah, I think there's a bit of pro and con, but I really found, particularly with my eldest, he really missed his friends, um, the social side of things, and that was quite hard as a parent because obviously it's we can't fill those shoes. It's a different relationship. They need that rough and tumble and messing around and the conversations they have with their mates. So yes, I think there were there were pros and cons to it really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to take a moment to talk to you about the sponsor of this week's episode, Barbie. Barbie has made incredible strides in showing parents and society how she empowers kids through role models, diversity, and powerful products and experiences. In 2020, Barbie unveiled some incredible new scientific findings that shows, for the first time, real tangible benefits of doll play. As a parent of three girls, I'm aware of the importance of what they're playing with and how they're playing. I have been a big fan of how Barbie has evolved over the past few years with inclusive dolls that reflect the children who are playing with her. This year, Barbie launched a brand new campaign, A Doll Can Help Change the World. 
This new work builds off the brand's successful You Can Be Anything platform, with a touching hero film based on the findings of the 2020 neuroscience study conducted by Cardiff University. Check it out at www.barbie.mattel.com. Now, back to the episode. Um, Now, we've already touched upon some of the benefits of play, but let's take a closer look at how playing with dolls can benefit children. Um, Tell me about the neuroimaging study that Barbie and Cardiff University partnered on. Yeah, this is fascinating. It's been really interesting to read their their finding from this. So Cardiff University have teamed up with um, Barbie dolls and they were doing monitoring the brain activity it was 33 children between the ages of four and eight, and they were playing with Barbie dolls. Um, and the team were looking at the benefits and particularly focusing on empathy, which is the skill of children appreciating another person's feelings. So it's those sort of social skills, um, which is quite hard for us parents. You know, we want to see that in our children, but it's quite hard to teach really. So it's been a really interesting piece of research Um, And they actually found that whilst monitoring the children um, and the brain development, there was actually a a region of the brain that's associated with um, social processing, such as empathy, uh, was active. And it was even active when the child was playing independently with one of the Barbie dolls, which is amazing because we, I think for as parents, we assume to be able to develop social skills that children need to be spending time with other children. But actually, um, playing with dolls independently, they were still benefiting and practising all those vital skills, which is just amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? And it's, it, am I right in, in thinking that it's something that Jean Piaget, his theories on play, um, kind of talked about this years ago, but this is the first time that those um, theories have been scientifically evidenced, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's been talking about this since that. I'm sure it's about nine, in 1930s and he's, he's had a fascination particularly with that emotional development in children um, and how children construct and mirror re- what they see in reality, how they mirror that in their play. So it's amazing that this research um, has been able to back up his theories that we've been, that we've been learning about for many years. Um, and one of the things that Piaget often talked about was the importance of children using objects, so everyday objects, in their play. So not just being taught a skill, but giving them, giving children, particularly young children, the opportunity to practice in their play. So that's like what we're talking about, about the play-based learning, where they get to practice with dolls and household items, um, all those things that they see us grown-ups doing, they can practice and have a go for themselves and master those skills, such as emotional development and empathy which is yeah which is brilliant um and do you mean do you think that we were talking earlier on about you know lockdown and the effect that that had on uh, the way that our children are playing do you think that lockdown Mm. perhaps caused children to have less empathy because they were around other kids less than than usual i think so again it's obviously um depends on um family circumstances but yeah i think during lockdown, like I was talking about my eldest, they were spending a lot more time independently, spend a lot of time on their own, so not quite socialising. Um, and a lot of classes and lessons were happening through Zoom calls, so it's not quite the same. But then at the same time, actually reading this research and hearing that 
by playing with the Barbie dolls, which my son um, loves to do, and will often be found playing with figures and dolls, um, that actually he's still been benefiting and learning and practising those social skills, which that's really surprised me, actually. It's amazing. Um, and have you noticed since he's gone back to school, have you um, have you seen any sort of changes in his social skills, any kind of, you know, um, sort of leaps in his development when it comes to how he's interacting with his friends? Yeah, so I, I don't know about you, but with um, when he was returning to school, so when lockdown was coming to an end, we talked about returning to school. I must admit he was a little bit nervous, a little bit cautious, just because it had been such a long time since he'd been in that social situation, being in a classroom with so many other children. But actually, um, I was amazed how quickly he just, just slotted straight back into it. And the friendships and the bonds that he's got with his friends were still there. And yeah, it's been it's been fascinating to watch actually as a parent, because I must admit, I was nervous as well of how he'd cope going back into school. But mm. he's absolutely loved it, yeah. Mm, yeah um and a, a lot of a lot of the, you know the conversations that, that i was having with with other parents around about lockdown was about making sure that the kids weren't too bored um and on mm. that note is it a myth that it's good for kids to be bored and what about if us parents find playing boring you know because there are some times when you're a bit <laughs> like oh my goodness if i have to play this game one more time because my my girls are at that age where they just want to do the same thing again and again and again and again you know that, that repetition yeah. but so how can we yeah. get past that okay so first of all actually it is really good for our kids to be bored it's really beneficial because uh, we want our children to be bored because that's what makes them think outside the box. And particularly when they've got a limited amount of toys, um, it makes them a bit more creative. So perhaps they come up with their own games or they find other ways to play. Now, the difference between getting bored and um, what happened quite often what happens is children get bored and then so they turn to screen time. So really it's about encouraging children to be bored with the toys that they've got and encouraging them to try something new, play in a different way, do something with them that they've never tried before. So actually being bored is a good thing. We want our children to be bored because less and less these days they actually get opportunity for that. But in the same respect, I totally agree, you know. So my little boy Mason, when he was growing up, oh my goodness, he was a vehicle fanatic. And <laughs> the amount of times I had to play the car park attendant, it's really hard when you're doing the same thing over and over again. But I think for parents, it's important to remember that actually that repetition is really good for our children because yeah. they're feeling confident with that play. They're obviously... They're mastering certain skills and they're embedding those skills. So it helps them to grow with their confidence as well, which is all really good. But for us as parents, let's be honest, yes, it can feel a little <laughs> bit mundane. And you can feel like you've been playing for five hours and you look at the clock and it's been 10 minutes. So mm. <laughs> I definitely know how it feels. So what I'd always suggest is try and stick with your child's interests and theme. So like Mason, my eldest was vehicles. Try and stick with that because that's obviously what sparks them, what excites them and use that to introduce other types of play. So perhaps you could take those vehicles and if they're plastic, add them to bath time or maybe paint them, have some paintbrushes and some water paint and actually paint them and then clean them off with soapy water, driving them through puddles or, you know, rolling out the Play-Doh and making track marks over them, driving them over those or 
laying out a big cardboard box and drawing on roads. And so it's more about sticking with their theme and what they like and see if you can be creative and bring in a new type of play. And then it mixes it up for you. And it also introduces uh, new different ways of playing uh, with their interest. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. I think that one of the golden moments of parenthood is when you can sit with a cup of tea and your child <laughs> is happy to play independently just over there. Um, oh, this is something yes. that we can actively teach them, though, isn't it, through play? Yes, definitely. Oh, it's the dream, isn't it, to be able to sit back <laughs> with a cup of tea, my goodness, and watch your child play. Yes, it is. Children, it's great for children to play independently, but it is a skill and it's a skill that we actually need to teach them how to do it and we need to give them lots of praise for when we do spot them doing it. So one of my favourite things to do when introduced, so like I said, my youngest is one. We already practice playing independently, you know, even young children, um, obviously they're being supervised and you're watching so that they know they're safe and you're keeping them safe. But allowing those times when they're entertaining themselves, you know, when they're almost pottering when they're going flitting between their toys and keeping themselves happy sit back sit quietly try not to I think as parents it's it's quite easy for us to be like oh what are you doing and you know yeah. we can break off their attention span when actually we want them to play on their own for a little bit and um, become engrossed with things and that's really important so start as young as you can really and then as they get older particularly if you're wanting to introduce the skill of independent play, I've always used something like a sand timer or a kitchen timer or something that you can get times on your phones and things. And um, I would say, okay, mummy's going to sit. I need to do, do this now on the sofa. Um, I need, you're going to play with these toys for one minute and you're going to start with a short amount of time because we know that young children have very short attention spans anyway. And you're going to sit them with something that they usually enjoy playing with, maybe a certain pile of books or a puzzle or something and I want you to sit and I want you to do this all by yourself I'm going to sit over here and then I will come back in one minute when all the sand has gone to the bottom and of course the first time you do this you're going to turn over the sand timer and they're going to follow you back to the sofa because that's what they do but you're going to say no I've asked you to and you know remind them and return them but eventually over time it does work and you will be able to lengthen so go from one minute to then two minutes and build it up as they're as they're getting the hang of it but make sure when that sand gets to the bottom that you return because um that sand is a visual way of children to appreciate what time is you know for us parents how many times do we say we'll be back in 10 minutes and then <laughs> we yes. all know what that means um, <laughs> so, you know when the when the sand gets to the bottom make sure you do come back and and when you do pile on that praise and tell them, not just, oh, good playing, but, you know, mummy is so pleased. I saw you playing independently. And I know it sounds so silly to use such big words, but like I always say, if children can use the word Tyrannosaurus Rex, they <laughs> will soon be able to use That's the word so independently. <laughs> yeah, and, and just making them aware that it's a good thing that they can play by themselves. And they'll appreciate that. And um, yeah, next time you spot it, or if you're you know next time they're playing in their pottery and you spot them playing independently when they finish go over and say I, I noticed that you were playing independently isn't that amazing we've been practicing that blah 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 and also it might be worth mentioning it to other family members too just so that they can practice the same sort of thing and then hopefully um over time because these things do take time 
um, eventually your children will be able to play independently and appreciate that it's it's a skill. I love um, hearing you, you know, talking about how, um, you know, your sons play with dolls. And, you know, I've got three daughters and we've always had mm. um, Barbies um, and you know, dolls that, that they play with. And it's one of those things, isn't it, that it's so many parents are more likely to allow their daughters to play with Barbies compared to mm. parents of boys. But when you think yeah. about this research and the fact that, you know, the, 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 the science is there, that, it, that playing with Barbies um, helps your kids develop empathy, you know, that is so important yeah. for boys to be empathetic as well as girls, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is going to be really, really beneficial for, um, for all children because when we talk about empathy, you know, we're talking about appreciating other people's feelings, appreciating how our actions and our words can affect other children's feelings, um, being able to cooperate and collaborate together, all those sorts of things, being able to share, being able to take turns. These are vital skills that children need for social situations. And so, yes, absolutely, we need both boys and girls to be able to develop these skills mm. because it will help them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an advert for Barbie. I don't know if you've seen it. It's themed around yeah. a doll can help change the world. Um, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes so that people listening can watch it. Uh, it shows kids playing with Barbie dolls and it's based on this scientific research. And it made me well up. It was amazing. I love seeing my own kids playing with dolls, like creating little scenes and acting out mm. little situations. Yeah. Um, what kind of imaginative play with dolls do you see your sons doing? Yeah, it's, um, I must admit, do you know what? It's so funny you said that because when I watched the advert as well, I got a bit choked up too. And I think it's because, <laughs> first of all, like I was talking about those nostalgic feelings, it reminded me of where I could lose hours sat in my bedroom playing with dolls, absolutely, and get completely lost in the makeup, um, like the pretend worlds that you would create, um, which is really yeah. lovely. And now, like you say, when I watch, um, my children playing with dolls, it's wonderful. And I really believe, so obviously I've got a big age gap. Um, Macy, my eldest was five and a half when we had a baby and wasn't sure with how he would cope to suddenly um, sharing uh, mum and dad and another, another member of the family. But actually, I honestly believe from practicing and playing with dolls is what has helped him be such a loving big brother with the baby and he really um just he, he really took responsibility and was so nurturing and caring to his needs and very tentative and I think that's such an important skill we need all our children to have um and yeah. so watching them explore and play with dolls you know feeding them or bathing them or even you know when they make the little beds and they put them under a little tea towel or something like that <laughs> it's ever so sweet mm, <laughs> and it's it really is. lovely to watch but it's also remembering that actually what they're doing is they're practicing some really important social skills like empathy and learning to care for others which is just yeah. brilliant so yeah it is yeah. it's funny actually I think you're absolutely right that when I was watching the adult can help change the world advert I definitely think it was a nostalgic thing for me. I remember being like age five or six and getting a crystal Barbie for, for my birthday. And I think the next year I got a peaches and cream Barbie. And to me, it was just mm. 
it was just like the most amazing present that I could be given yeah. um yeah. and yeah so it's just it's it's really deep in me and my you know my memories of of playing with Barbie as as a child myself it's it's amazing yeah. how that can really affect you still all these years later yeah and and then it's remembering so now when our children are doing it they're making their childhood memories mm. for the future you know they will look back and and feel the same way so yeah it's yeah. very lovely so I think it's clear, um, you know, from what we're talking about, that encouraging doll play is something that all parents could be doing. Uh, and that's for girls and boys. And um, what if yeah. someone is listening, you know, has a child who just isn't interested in doll play? How can they be encouraged? Yeah, so it's very similar to what I was saying before about um, when your child has a key interest and then bringing dolls into that. So again, if they've if they're interested in vehicles, is there a way that you can bring the vehicles to the doll? You know, is there different situations um, where you can make it inviting to your child? There's lots and lots of ways to play with dolls. And I think that's the beauty of Barbie dolls is that they're so open-ended, aren't they? It means that you can play with them in a whole variety of ways. So introducing them, um, the dolls to your child and taking them on, you know, if you're take, taking... Um, going out and about on a day out, take the dolls with you, get in the habit of having them alongside you and it almost becomes like a little friend, doesn't it? Or if it's yeah. bedtime story, invite them, let's invite, you know, should we invite our Barbie doll to come and have, listen to our story? Or <laughs> it's bath time now for you, should we see if Barbie doll wants to come? And I think just making them part of their daily routine can be a really nice way. Um, something that is their comfort zone, it's, it's part of their routine, it's they know what's coming and it's a nice way of introducing the dolls that way and then hopefully it will encourage lots more play um, in other different ways and then um, another way I was going to suggest as well is if there are any stories um, that your children enjoy if there's any storylines that they like to act out or pretend they can actually pretend using the Barbie dolls as well couldn't they so you know um let's say little red riding hood you know should we could we could make a little a real, little red outfit for our barbie doll and she could be a little red riding hood you know that sort of thing and bringing yeah. stories to life so you can bring them in in loads of different ways because barbie dolls are just so versatile aren't they they're just yeah. they're brilliant yeah. I think that's such good advice. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been fascinating to chat to you. Um, (laughs) Before we go, tell us where we can find you online. Um, Yes, absolutely. And thank you. It's been lovely to chat to you, Alison. Um, Yes, I am on mainly on Instagram at play.hooray, where I go live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings, all about baby play or toddler play and things like that. Uh, or the website www.playhooray.co.uk and your book is available to buy isn't it it is yes thank you Alison (laughs) yes it is (laughs) yes um, the Play Hooray handbook has lots of different ideas and also sections and chapters with tips and help for um, any parents looking um, to understand play better and bring play into the home Um, So, yes, that is available in lots of bookshops and good old Amazon. Brilliant. And for anyone who's interested in finding out more about the Mattel and Cardiff University research, there is a link in the episode notes for you to go and check out. Um, Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so good. 
No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I've all, I've listened to so many of your podcasts, so it's a real honour. Um, yes, it's a bit of a pinch me moment. So thank <laughs> you very much for having me on, Alison. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.